0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Two Peas on a Pod. This is your host, Zachary Cordell, along with my co-host, Austin Griffiths. Brother Austin Griffiths, our last episode, we ended it talking about the importance of getting saved and what it takes to be saved, and we was talking about the blood, and uh, that's what we ended the episode on, and so we decided we'd do another episode on that. This week for y'all, and uh, we got to talking about the blood, and really the blood, Brother Austin, is throughout the whole Bible, isn't it? Yes, it is. We just wasn't done, was we, Brother Zach? No, we wasn't. Do we have to say brother when we're on a podcast? No, we do not. I mean, we're brother-in-laws. Brothers-in-law. Brother. Uh-huh. Uh, Actually. I see what you did there. It's the correct way to say it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all right. That's all right better than Brother Outlaws. But we talked about... Oh, no. (laughs) I did not see that coming. (laughs) I wanted to use that button so bad. Uh, That one one surprised me a little. My wife will like that one. Yeah, I bet she will. (laughs) Um, Anyway, let's get back to where we were headed here. We got to talking about the blood. Oh, yeah, the blood. And we wanted to continue on that subject here for a little while. Yes, so you mentioned that the Bible from front to cover is about the blood, and that is absolutely correct. And really to fully understand the the blood of Jesus Christ and the plan of God, you've got to go to the Old Testament. You've got to go back, and Hebrews is one of the best. That's um, New Testament. Yes, it is. <laughs> but Hebrews is one of the best places to read about the blood when it refers to the Old Testament. And the Hebrew writer tells there in uh, Hebrews chapter nine verse number seven talks about and into the second with the high priest alone once a year, not without blood when he offered for himself for the errors of the people, and uh, just for a, a verse to jumpstart a conversation right there, a dialogue here, and uh, God at back in Exodus twenty four. Um, spoke to Moses to come up to the mountain and he gave him the law, the commandments. He went up and the glory of God abode upon Mount Sinai. We can read that story. God had a meeting with Moses and in chapter 25 he told him that you've got to make me a sanctuary that I may dwell. And uh, you read all through that. And uh, I tell you, don't read through the tabernacle verses if you're sleepy. Right. That's a place you do not <laughs> want to read if you're sleepy. And, uh, but you go through and you read about the tabernacle, and to me, the best way to understand it for me is really a church. Do You think about the outer court, kind of like the parking lot, and then you think about the the sanctuary part where the congregation sits as the holy place, and then the pulpit would be the holiest of holies. That's, I guess, the easiest way for me to understand it. And, uh, and so the outer court, you would go animal sacrifice. That's what the Old Testament required because— yes. We, you know, you read through the Bible, the blood of Jesus Christ had not been shed on Calvary for the sins of mankind, and so blood had to be shed, and we learned that back in Genesis from Adam and Eve, the fall of man. Blood had to be shed so they could be covered, and right. uh, and so we know all of that, and so the animals, the outer courtyard, boy, did it, I can only imagine what it smelled like out there with all the animal sacrifices, everything going on, all the screams of the animals. I know yeah. that's hard to think about, but all the blood splattering, and everything. But then when you get uh, around that outer court, then you come into the holy place and there would be a table of shoe bread where they would break bread and uh, bake bread every morning, and it would uh, remind them of the covenant of God and His provisions. And then the, there would be the the table of candlesticks there that had the, the job of just giving light for them to work. But then there was the altar of incense. And that altar of incense had two jobs, a practical and a spiritual. Mm-hmm. The practical part of it was you, you can imagine all those screams and animals and bloodshed, it stunk terribly. And yeah. so that was like uh, the bath and body works of that. Hey <laughs> and, uh, and so they made it smell better so they could work in there in the, in the holy place. But then it had a spiritual aspect of it. It represented the prayers of the people. And, right. uh, and so that was through the first veil. and then the second veil, you come into the uh, Ark of the covenant, the, into the holiest of holies. And, uh, and there, there was the mercy seat that rests upon the Ark of the Covenant. And that's where the, the text there in Hebrews 9 preached from that text many times about how that high priest would go behind the second veil, and I'll mention the veil in a moment, and how he would take that blood and he would sprinkle it upon the mercy seat. And it was when the high priest walked out untouched, walked out, he nothing wrong with him, they knew their sins were atoned for. And so they would tie rope around his foot, around his leg, and so that if you know if that priest wasn't right himself, he'd be struck dead. And so nobody could go behind the second veil, right. but the high priest. And so then you keep going, and uh, you talk about the the veil, and this is just awesome stuff when you just read and study about the veil. But the veil was no shower curtain; it was no bedsheet. It was not any kind of anything like a blanket, but uh, Jewish history and commentators tell us that it was about sixty foot tall mm-hmm. and thirty foot wide and about four fingers thick, which is roughly guesstimate four inches. And so this was a humongous curtain. You couldn't just go up and rip it like a piece of paper, and uh, so you couldn't. It took hundreds of priests to hang it there on the on the veil. And so there was a first veil and second veil. And there's so much you could say, and uh, but that veil was so important because that veil, that word there means separation from God. Yeah. separation. And so you couldn't come to God, use no, a sinner. You couldn't. you couldn't come to God. And so right. I've often I've often said this. I said you know we we run church vans and air conditioning and uh, and, and heat and padded pews. I mean we do everything we could possibly yeah. do to make a sinner comfortable. And I thought people couldn't make it in the Old Testament. No, they couldn't I thought people could not make it <laughs> and the could you imagine going out? and getting you an animal and however far you lived. And taking it to the priest, and then the priest didn't even know your name. You couldn't call him up in the middle of the night and bug him half to death to to pray for you or whatever. You know yeah. things were just so much different. Yeah. He didn't know your name or your birthday. He, he had too much too much to do, too many people uh, to to too many people to do his job and sacrifice animals and things. But one of the most awesome verses there in Matthew uh, twenty seven says that when Jesus was on the cross and he cried out, "It is finished." That the Bible says when he had cried out again with a loud voice, he yielded up the ghost. Now, you, you look at that, you know, and you'd think this is common sense, really, but he yielded up the ghost. He surrendered himself unto right. death. That's impossible. You know, we, we've got hospice nowadays. We've got different things where you, you, you pretty much know when somebody's going to die, but nobody knows the exact second that you're going to die. Right. Nobody knows it. You can't surrender. You can't just give up and death take over. We don't have that ability, but he did. Yes, he the did. Son of God did. He, gave, he didn't die of asphyxiation like some might think. And uh, one of them is a pastor in, in uh, California by the name of John MacArthur. And he thinks that he died of asphyxiation. And that, that's simply not true. Yeah. That is not true. That is not the Bible. He yielded up the ghost. He surrendered himself unto death. It is the blood. It's always been the blood, and it's always going to be the blood. Yes, it is. And, uh, and so you read that. You know, It all started with the tree. Sin came in this world because of what happened with the tree. And sin, um, Jesus Christ, died on the cross for sin on a tree. Yes. And uh and so anyways, the veil on the temple, it says, and behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom. That's an awesome, awesome scripture. We've been talking about you gotta be saved. Right. The blood is enough. You have to be saved. Well, that veil that was that was such an awesome scripture because not only does it say the veil, the the actual material of the curtain was ripped in half from top to bottom, but that means the separation was gone. Yeah, there was a way made. Exactly. That means that only the high priest could go behind the second veil for all those years. The veil's gone. Right. So right now, today in 2021, we're living on the other side of the veil. Yeah. And uh, can I, I just say right here that What the uh, tabernacle was to them, and the tabernacle was a meeting place. You know, it was people could not get to God like we can today. The access was not there. Um, the The spirit of God was here, and people um, could feel God, but but they could not be saved. They they, they was not New Testament Christians. They were not saved like you and I are right right now, and and have the uh, the spirit of God like we do. But the, the tabernacle was a meeting place for them to meet with the presence of God. It was a place where God decided he would come down and meet with them. And that what the tabernacle was to them, um, Jesus is to us. The incarnation is that Jesus is the place where we meet with God, and it's a place where we come to God. He said that no man comes to the Father but by me, and when we when we come to Jesus Christ, that is our meeting place, and and Jesus Christ uh, saves us and, and puts the that His Spirit within us when we get saved. That's exactly right, and uh, in Hebrews chapter nine, these are some of these are some of my favorite. uh, Let's see, three scriptures right here, some of my favorites. And uh, Hebrews chapter nine, verse eleven, and I'm just going to run through this quickly. And so I'm not going to quote it verbatim, but it says, but Christ being come as a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle. And it says not made with hands. It wasn't made by the hands of Moses. It wasn't made with human hands. It says it wasn't made with hands. And then it says neither by the blood of goats and calves, not animal blood no. he didn't get the, he didn't need animal blood that had been no. used for all those years gallons upon millions of gallons of blood no doubt that was shed those animals for a temporary covering of sin but it says but by his own blood by his own blood and then it says he entered in once. Now I love that right there. Right. He entered in once because they came over and over and over mm-hmm. and over again. But he said he entered in once into the holy place. Well, what's it talking about there? Well, Hebrews nine, the writer, which is debatable. Who, who people think me, me and uh, Zach here have our have our personal opinion that it was Paul. And uh, but it is controversial amongst scholars. I guess you would say. And, uh, and But the writer here is talking about the tabernacle in heaven because the whole reason right. that the Bible was so specific yeah. of how Moses had to build it, he didn't just say, hey, go build me a tabernacle. No, no. There was all kinds of instructions, specifications, measurements. Everything had to be exact. Why is that? Because it was a man-made replica of the tabernacle in heaven. Yeah, and so it had to be perfect. Everything's got to be perfect. God's perfect. Well, God would tell Moses he to build it, uh, you know, like you saw it. In other words, that's what he would tell him exactly, just just like you saw it, it just like you saw it. And so he he was seeing that God showed him, you know, that uh, true tabernacle which is in heaven. And so he said he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Right, that is awesome, right there. And why I think it's there in John twenty when he talk when he, when he says, "Mary, touch me not, touch me not, for mm-hmm. I have not yet ascended to my Father." Why is that? Yeah. Why couldn't she touch him? Why couldn't she touch him? She would uh, that that defilement that could have been there. But in Hebrews nine twenty four says, "For Christ is not entered into the holy place made with hands, talking about the same thing with the figures of the true, but into heaven itself." Right. That Jesus Christ took His own blood, walked into heaven walked into that tabernacle, and the same thing that the high priest did, walked yes. behind that second veil, put that blood on the mercy seat there on the Ark of the Covenant, Jesus did the same exact yes, thing did. for us because the Bible says it into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God right. for us. Yeah, and that's what we talked about last week uh, on the podcast, when we talk about the blood of Jesus Christ is still on the mercy seat in in heaven before God. Right now. now. Advocating for me and for you. And whenever we sin and we come to God and we ask for forgiveness, then the blood is always there before God. And I love that old song. It was one of the first songs, I think, that I learned. Uh, It says, is the blood still there? It said, the winds may blow and the rains may fall, but it won't just wash away. The blood will stand the raging storm. It's been applied with love and care. And I tell you, the blood always will remain on that mercy seat. As as long as you need mercy, the blood will be there. That's exactly right. The blood, it's always been the blood. And really, it's something that in, in today's world, they're trying to take the blood out of the gospel. Yeah, people don't really uh, like the blood doctrine. They talk about it's too gory or, or it's too graphic. But it, like you say, it's always been the blood. You made reference to it um, back in Genesis at the beginning. Whenever God made the, the coats for Adam and for Eve, Adam and Eve tried to do it their own way. They tried to do it their own selves. Just fig leaves. They, they made their uh, garments out of fig leaves. And I tell you, that's what many people try to do today. They try to do it on their own they try to cover their own sin, and that's what Adam and Eve tried to do. They figured out they had sinned. They tried to do it on their own. They tried to cover it up themselves. But God came to them and said, that won't work. And I tell you, it still won't work. And many people do that today. They talk about, uh, we talked about this some again last week, but they'll say, I'm a good person. I go to church on holidays, on special occasions, this and that. But I tell you, that won't work. But what did work was what? Was the blood. When God came to them, Austin made reference to it already, and he, he told him, he, he called him out from the fig they was hiding in the trees uh the they had been made master over the trees but then they was hiding in the trees and god went to him and he said adam where art thou and when adam came out and and he stepped out before god in his fig leaves then god clothed him himself with permanent clothing you know the fig leaves would never last when they was cut off from what the tree that they took it from the plant they took it from we all know what happens then that dies after a while that dies that won't last and I tell you, whatever you're co- trying to cover yourself with, that won't last. That will not take you. But when, when Adam stepped out and God took his part and he made him those garments out of those, uh, those animal skins and shed that blood, then he was covered. He was covered after that, and God covered him. And I tell you, that's what God will do for us. When we step out, when the Spirit of God comes searching out and dealing with our hearts, and that's what he does, the Holy Ghost goes searching and drawing and wooing sinners in. And when he does, and we step out and we confess our sins, the Bible said that he is faithful and just to forgive us. Our sins, right. and like we're talking, it takes the blood. I tell you that I am so so thankful for the blood of Jesus. That old song said, "There's a fountain filled with blood, drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and sinners plunge beneath, beneath that, that flood, that lose all right. their guilty stains." That's that's an awesome song right there. Yes, that's it an, is. I've reverenced that song many times. Is that a preacher? Cowper that wrote that? William Cowper, I think so. I think it was. I, think I could it be was. wrong. But uh, anyways, we just wanted to uh, continue that. Um, We could talk about getting saved, I'm sure, for a long time. And really, uh, as time goes on and the signs of the times are coming forth, and I'll tell you, we're on the precipice of the coming of the Lord. I tell you, you got to be saved. The children here at the church – uh, my daughter loves it when we're home, so she can sing with the young kids. And their favorite song, they run around the RV singing it. You gotta be saved, saved, saved. You gotta be saved. And really, that's the only thing I know. He's talking about the blood, but you got to be saved. Yes. It is the blood that does it. But you have to acknowledge you're a sinner. You've got to be saved. That's the only thing that matters. Right. And in today's world, what what do you hear? The the job? Yeah. You need to occupy. You've got to occupy, like you've got to provide for your family. You already talked about that. You're worse than an infidel. You're worse than an unbeliever, and uh, you've got to provide for your family. You can't be lazy. You can't be lazy. You got to work. You got to get a job. Provide for your wife and your right. children, and uh, that's the will of God. Yes, that's the will of God. And uh, but you, that can't be your first priority. No, it cannot. Your job, your money, um, your retirement fund. You you can't. That can't be. Well, out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaketh. And that's, I mean, that's as true as it gets. Yes, it is. What people talk about, you know, if you talk about money 24-7, that's because that's all you think about. Mm-hmm. That's right. And I tell you what, uh you've got to have your priorities right. You've got to have exactly. your priorities straight. And when your priorities are straight, the Bible said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these other things will be added unto you. Set your Everything affections else will in the come right place, direction. That's right. Well, we hope you all have enjoyed another episode of Two Peas on a Pod. And uh, I tell you, I hope that we can stir somebody's heart. Uh, we, are, we are by no means Bible scholars, and we're just uh, we're both young preachers, really. And uh, but we love to study. Yes, sir. And we've been trying to study for the past several years now, and Uh, Gain knowledge of the Bible Um, But I tell you You don't have to be a scholar To know that you you gotta be saved That's exactly right And you need to be saved And it takes the blood of Jesus Christ That old song said What can wash away my sins Nothing but the blood What can make me whole again I tell you If you're broken The blood can make you whole And you need to be saved If you're out there today Like we ended the last podcast Call on God right now And God will save your soul that's exactly right and we just wanted to go on uh, with a little bit we're a little we're cutting it short today because um, it's kind of a part two of the last uh, episode but we just felt like we wasn't done and uh, I tell you the blood's enough the Bible is bloody from Genesis to Revelation it's about the blood. the Bible is a book about Jesus Christ. It's all about Jesus yes, it is. Jesus Jesus all about Jesus. And uh, I tell you, that's how we're going to make it, is by the blood of Jesus Christ, and anything else is false doctrine. The Bible, from cover to cover, is about Jesus Christ, and uh, that that's it. That that's it. And if we could, if if this podcast, and we're going to do a lot of light-heart, lighthearted hearted stuff, and uh, but we're two young preachers that are very very passionate about what we believe, and we're very passionate about the Word of God, and we love preaching. That's one thing we've have a lot of things in common a lot of things we don't have in common but one common denominator is we love the word of god and love preaching and if this podcast if just this episodes could see one soul come to the lord would be it'd be worth every second amen so we hope you enjoyed the podcast again this is two Ps on a pod with one of your hosts austin griffiths full-time evangelist and my co-host zachary cordell assistant pastor We'll be back with another episode, and you have a blessed week. We are your two young men living in old-time religion.